Let's do this. Buy what you love and love what you buy. What's going on, everyone? Mike O back with another episode of Hobby Talk. Today, I'll be joined by Mike Pasqua. We'll be chatting a little bit about the hobby. He's on YouTube, Hitman23, has a fantastic channel. Had the pleasure of meeting him at the National in Cleveland a couple of months ago at this point. I had thought we would have recorded an episode by now, but it's been a while. It's time to do one. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. How you doing, sir? Now, I just wanted to thank you for uh, inviting me onto your podcast. I was uh, really excited when you reached out to me last week, and I really appreciate the uh, reach out to me, man. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm just sorry we didn't do one earlier. I'm sorry I didn't get one out earlier. It just uh, It's one of those things that I kind of mentioned early on. I'm like, all right, I want to try and do this like twice a month. Oh, uh, it's all good, Dan. At the very least, like once a month, and now it's been a couple months. So like once, it, once a quarter. <laughs> the plan's... Well, there were plans to do one uh, potentially at the National, and then there was plans to do one right after the National, and things come up, you get busy, Uh, the National's very hectic, so things got delayed, but at this point, I'm just happy to do one, and I think it's time to uh, start chatting about the hobby, talk a little bit about, you know, what we collect, what we're thinking about collecting right now, maybe where collections are going, what your focus is, just whatever. I know... Uh, Mike, you uh, one of the things that you enjoy collecting are the rookie cup cards from Topps. Oh, yeah. A tradition yep. that they've carried on for years. And it's something I always noticed growing up, and I always liked mm. that. But I never really thought of it as a potential collecting focus uh, until you brought it up at one point. And I think that's something, just a little thing you can learn in the hobby. So tell us a little bit about the rookie cup uh, sets. And I know you've got... Do you have the entire run of them? Not quite yet, Mike. I'm still. It's still a. Um, I call it a lifetime project because some of the some of the early ones are tough. You've got some pretty big names uh, in the '60s. Um, so you got Willie McCovey's rookie card, which is the first actual rookie cup card in the '60 top set. So you know stuff like that. Ron Santo. Um, you've got uh, Joe Torre in the '62 set. So there's some high dollar cards in the set that now. That's where I'm pretty much at is now starting to try to pinpoint those. Um, but how I got started on it was, um, and I believe I've, I may have mentioned this on one of my other videos at one time, is um, the very first baseball card I ever laid eyes on in my life, a live baseball card, was the um, 1976 Topps uh, Freddie Lynn card. And as a whatever six or seven year old kid, my uncle my uncle had been working at a school in New York City, and he got this bag of baseball cards. I remember it. He brought home this bag, uh, a brown paper bag full of baseball cards. He gave it to me, and uh, the first card on top was that Fred Lynn card, and I saw it, and it just struck me very, um, very strongly. I thought it looked just so cool. You know, he was batting, and um, just kind of had that raw, dark look to it. And I just thought it was really cool looking. And uh, that little rookie cup, I just, there was something about it that was just very uh, appealing. And, uh, you know, I didn't really collect much after that. I, and I can't even say I was collecting at that point because I was like seven years old. So I was accumulating and putting them in, in bags in a drawer in the kitchen. So I didn't really start until 82, 81 or 82, really into collecting. And by that time, 
Tops had stopped using the uh, rookie cups on the cards. So I, you know, I, I hadn't seen rookie cups since the, the late seventies. I believe uh, 78 was the last time they had them on the cards and uh, not until 1987 when I um, busted those uh, pack, those wet, those beautiful wax packs, and I was thumbing through, and I found, you know, Jose Canseco's card with that rookie cop. I was like, oh, my God, they're back. Holy good Lord. I was, like, stoked. And um, I remember a um, an issue. You, do, do you remember Baseball Card Magazine back in the 80s? It was called Baseball Cards, I believe. I think you I remember, remember seeing yeah. some of them. Didn't have it regularly, but like, yeah. I think someone handed down to me or given to me at some point by someone. Yeah, it was. It was definitely. It was a big thing in the eighties. It was definitely prior to, uh, you know, Beckett and Tough Stuff. It was, um, you know, a way to order cards through. It was a lot of mail order stuff. A lot of, you know, just articles about baseball cards and the uh, and collecting. And I remember in one of the issues, I, I you know, I can't remember the year, but it was definitely after. 87 when the rookie cups came back out again and they did a feature story on the tops rookie cup set, uh, subset and uh, i i luck- luckily i had that issue and i from that point on was when i said i'm collecting this entire set that's it and that's how kind of it started and it's it's been going ever since man it's been going ever since yeah and the rookie cups are cool <clears throat> and you know the way you described it is kind of i feel like that's a way a lot of people get into the hobby you know you have something yeah. that strikes you that yes. you find neat, that you like and you enjoy, and then maybe you take a break at some point, but when you come back to it, it's sort of the nostalgic feeling that brings you back to it. Yes. Boom, you see that rookie cup again in the late 80s, in 87, and you're brought back to that memory. And Absolutely. I, I think nostalgia is it's a huge point in kind of everything, and collectibles specifically, and that definitely, you know, you see that in the toy market and yes. and so many other so many other focuses of different collection outside of sports cards and baseball cards. Absolutely. It's definitely a huge part of baseball cards. I mean, people enjoy collecting players they grew up watching. People enjoy collecting players that their parents watched, that they kind of told stories about. And, you know, going back to old cards, I mean, that's why you see a lot of Focus from Tops in a lot of their products, Tops Heritage, Tops yes, Archives, because you're bringing back memories to different generations of collectors. So, absolutely, I, I think uh, I think nostalgia is a huge thing, and I think that's part of uh, kind of what you were describing with those rookie cups. Yeah, and, and you know, in terms of how I collect, and again, I'm not trying to you know be idealistic here. Um, I truly do collect because it. My the biggest reason is for this nostalgia. I've been doing it for such a long time, and yes, I think like most people, we've had our peaks and valleys in our collecting lives where we've just been years where I didn't really collect. But I've always gone back to baseball, and um, I know it'll be something I do till till I cease cease being on the earth. It's just it's it, it means that much to me. Um, so yeah, first and foremost, it's that definitely that nostalgic draw that brings me to it. And, uh, that's, that's why, that's why I love it so much, man. It's a- absolutely the case. Absolutely. And I think another thing with the, uh, rookie cups, it's kind of cool. Just talking specifically about the rookie cups, because that's yes. what we're talking about. Absolutely. Is I think something else that's neat about it is the fact that they've been doing it year after year for at this yes. point, what, 30 years. Yes. And there's, 87. and there's history before that. 
And so you have something to look forward to every year. Now when 2019 Tops comes out in a few months, boom, there's some more stuff you can grab, add to to the collection. (laughs) And it's also neat because it kind of cements parts of baseball history. And some of these players become very significant and other players fade off and they're not significant, but they did make some sort of impact in the sport of baseball to be labeled with a rookie cup. I think usually they announce it sometime in the off season, like the tops all rookie team or something. Yes. And that's who they use. So I always think that's something that's kind of neat. You know, it's, it's something that signifies an impact that a player had on the sport, on the hobby. And, you know, there's someone everywhere for everyone. Uh, yep. And that, that applies to the hobby. I mean, you have people who collect all players. There might be some players who only receive a handful of baseball cards uh, during their career, but there's someone who collects them. Now there might be a far less people who collect Tommy Joseph cards right. than there are that collect Mike Trout cards, but <laughs> you know, there's someone out there who collects the Tommy Joseph cards. So I think that's pretty neat. I think that's something, uh, it's just another layer, something that you don't really, that some people may not necessarily think about all the time, but if you stop to think about the hobby, if you kind of think about the cards themselves there's just a lot of layers to it there's tons and that's again what makes the hobby so special because there there is no you know there's no there's no book on collecting and saying when you read this book this is how you're supposed to collect so that's what makes it special man that's that's what's i think what brings a lot of people into it and what keeps people into it so but um like i i always i always ask myself you know why did tops not do rookie cup cards in certain years. And I, I, I never was able to find the answer to that. Like why they stopped. It was, to me, it seemed very random. And you would think that they would want to call those things out since it was the tops all-star rookie team. They did the all-star rookie teams between, you know, uh, 79 and 86. They had the team's name, but they just never put the trophies on the cards, which is a mystery. I just never understood that. You know, I can still picture, like I could see like, the 1986 uh, Vince Coleman card. I can see where the trophy could be on that card, and it drives me crazy that it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> you know, sh- it's a shame it's they like, didn't do that. But yeah, it's weird. It's just strange how they choose to do. And, and again, another weird one: is 74. They didn't do them on 74 tops. Again, I don't know why. Um, they changed the trophy from from 72. They had that was the last year of the big like trophy got with the guy on top, and then in 73 they went to the little cup. And then 74, they had none. And then 75, they picked up with a cup. And that's what they pretty much have gone with ever since. Um, except now on, on the Heritage, they do go back and use the, you know, the, the trophy guy because that, that's what was on those cards when, when those cards are out. So, but, uh, it's just like some, there's some mysterious things about it that, that, that I still to this day ask why they, they skipped it. So. Do you do the uh, heritage cards as well, along with the base tops, the heritage rookie cups? Of course I do. Because <laughs> you got to have them all, Mike. You got to have them all. Rookie cup <laughs> super collector. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, I think they look, they look absolutely gorgeous. I love I, I I love the big trophy, the the one with the guy on top. I think it's just uh, just spectacular looking. And just you know, think about Pete Rose's sixty four tops card. With his face there and that that guy on the on the trophy there, it just it's just unbelievably awesome. Yeah, and so. it's it's just so neat. And there's so many things to collect in Sabi, and you kind of mentioned it. There's no there's no rules. There's no outline that says nah. this is how you have to collect. I mean, 
I was thinking about it earlier today. You have people who just break stuff and they chase hits, and you have people who collect rookies, and you have people who collect pre-war, people who collect vintage, people who collect modern, people who just want the hot guys, people who prospect actual prospects who are in single A, people who prospect rookie and young players who they think are going to excel at some point, the set registries, the grading. Yep. There's just an absolute array of stuff. Obviously, you have so many sports and entertainment now is big in the card collecting community. And there's just so much. But I know one thing that you like, I enjoy it as well, are binders. Binders are a fantastic way to (laughs) display your cards. It's a great way to go through and enjoy them. I'm not someone who's going to keep everything in a binder, but I yeah, have, you, you can't, you can't, you know, I always think to myself, oh, I have a few binders and then that turns into two dozen pretty quickly. You Amen. For me, I have some Phillies binders. I have some specific player binders. I have a few sets, not too many. And I know, uh, I'm pretty certain you keep these rookie cups, uh, in a binder, correct? They're in a binder, brother. They're in a binder. I do not have any, uh, rookie cup cards graded. Um, they're all in binders, uh, or all in a binder. And, um, that's how, that's how I'm going to roll with it. I, you know, I had toyed with the idea. I had toyed with the idea of doing a separate registry, the rookie cup registry, because there is a rookie cup registry. And I was just like, am I that stupid? Cause you know, that there, there comes a point where I think there's other stuff I can let too. And I want to be able to, you know, focus on that as well. So it's not my only focus. It's one of my main focuses next to Don Mattingly. I would say my two focuses are the rookie cups and then Don Mattingly. And then everything else kind of falls in behind that. I mean, I just have tons of stuff (laughs) that uh, I enjoy. So, Um, but yeah, the binders is uh, how I do it. I, I, I kind of laughed. I think I'd made this comment on one of my more recent videos where I said, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm an, you could tell, you could tell by my collection what era I collected in because I'm a binder guy and that's in the 80s. That really was the way you collected. You got cards, you put them in sheets and you looked at them. If you went to a, into a card store in the 80s, they didn't really have boxes to thumb through and dollar boxes and dime boxes. If you wanted cards, they were in binders and usually they were done by player or done by set. And you'd ask, hey, can I have the 75 tops binder because I need a couple of cards for my set? Or can I have the, you know, the Dwight Gooden binder because I need, I want the Dwight Gooden. So I kind of, my, my collection is like an old LCS. <laughs> Binders everywhere, you know, like Pepino, he's got all sets in a binder and uh, I think it's great. I could never do it because I just don't have the space for it. You know, that's the other, that's the other, pro- you know, if you look at a problem of a binder, it takes up a ton of room and I just don't have it. And, uh, so I don't, I don't, I kind of be, I'm picky and choosy with what sets I put in binders. Um, I try to pick the sets that I think look really nice or have some sort of special meaning to me. I'll keep them in binders. Otherwise, you know, sets I call, I, I, I complete, I keep in, you know, in their boxes. And, yeah, I, uh, I haven't done you know, many sets in binders. Yeah, I have, the, eight, I have the 89 top set just because that's one of the first sets I ever collected. See, there you go. But that's that's key. outside of that, like you know. for current year stuff, I'll break stuff and I usually go through and I'll pick anywhere from nine to, you know, whatever. Multiples of nine. <laughs> well, of course. Like I would say nine to 27. It depends on the product. Yes. Like obviously some products are only a hundred cards tops. I do a little sure. more. 
and you know i might do nine pages of them but i'll just go through and i'll pick out either players i like or just cards that look cool and yeah you know yeah. you just fill that binder from the beginning of the year to the end of the year it's like all right well these are some of the products i broke and you can just flip through and have fun and they look awesome they're cool obviously yeah, I do I... some of the phillies binders and stuff because you know you talk about space and binders take up space for sure but if you take you know X number of cards and just load them on top loaders. That uh, that that, that woo, takes up that, space as well. That does absolutely. And 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 just to say about Philly's binders, we're still waiting on that binder reveal, brother. We're still waiting on that binder reveal. We'll get it up <laughs> soon. That was a that was a goal of potentially uh, the last two days, but that didn't uh, happen. But we're yeah, you've we'll been, see. I'm you've thinking, been working your butt off the last couple of days, man. I'm, so. I'm thinking uh, hopefully next week. I'm looking at two potential days. That that's how bad it is. That I'm like, because it's the type of thing I want to do right. And I Absolutely. Know it's not gonna be short. It's not gonna be five minutes. I could do that in ten seconds, but no, you don't want to. But you I did. Like I that. did finally. What you're referencing for people who don't know, I did finally at the national this year complete my Phillies ultimate team set is what I call it, and it's every top's base card with the Philadelphia Philly from 1951 through this current year i'll be adding to it shortly another another month month and a half tops update will come out so we should get another five to ten cards in that so it's something that at some point just struck me and i said to myself i'm like why don't i have this why don't i do this why wouldn't i do this like why wouldn't anyone do this absolutely you know it's a team that you love you follow you grew up with it's it's attainable. Now, if you're a Yankees fan, like you are, we're, we're screwed. We're I mean, screwed. This, yeah. <laughs> if you hit the lottery, you can do it. Otherwise yes, yes. you're going to be in trouble, but yeah, most teams, I, do it. I think most teams are very attainable. I think the Philly, the Phillies are one of the historic teams. Obviously there's other historic teams as well that have been around since the beginning. If you're a fan of a team that wasn't even around the fifties and sixties, I mean, you should be able to complete that pretty quickly because they're not, yeah, most definitely. stuff isn't that pricey. Yeah, no but, doubt. You know, it's just cool. Like for me, it's the evolution of the Topps product and baseball yep. cards from 51. You see the designs change through the years and the decades. It's the evolution in the history of a franchise and you see the players come and go. I, I mean, again, I talked about layers before and it's layers to the set. You know, for me, it's it's historical to look at the 50s and the 60s. Yes. And then you look at the 70s and you start to see these players that – you know, wound up being that I've heard about growing up that were on the 1980 world champions team. And then you get into the mid eighties and the late eighties, the players that I started to watch and that's where it gets real nostalgic. And you're sitting there looking at like Von Hayes going, man, I can remember loving Von Hayes. <laughs> Von and, Hayes. and then you roll into like the Darren Dalton era in the nineties and the 93 Phillies, which was like one of the pinnacle years of my childhood growing up. Oh Yeah. And then you get in those lean years in the late 90s. You're like, holy Lord, this team was awful. They stunk so bad. And then you get into the 2000s and then you see the evolution of the team that would become the 2008 world champions and all those players come. And well, then you get past that world championship team. You get to the uh, 2010, 2011 year. You start to 2012. You start to go, wow, Ty Wigginton was on the Phillies. Forgot about that one. (laughs) But uh, now you start to see things kind of building up again. But it's just really cool. It's really fun. And at some point, I certainly will have a video up on the YouTube channel, Myco YouTube channel. So 
that'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to doing that. But that's oh. just another <clears throat> example of how binders are great. Because I'm a guy who loves slapped cards. I love PSA graded cards. I like the challenge of getting cards graded. I like the look of them. I like collecting them. But I respect and I love the binders as well because they're every bit as awesome as slapped cards. It's just uh, it's something different and it's awesome. Amen, man. Amen. I, I just uh, you know your Phillies project, dude. That's a, that's an undertaking. That's 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 a that's a just a that's a you should be very proud of that. That's uh that's something that uh, takes a you know doesn't take five days to do you know that's a that's a long long project like you know like the rookie cup project it's for me the lifetime thing i i don't know about that but it's gonna take a while to get it done and um luckily you you completed yours but i just think it's a great undertaking and it's uh if you're a fa- like you said if you're a fan of a team it's a great great way to show um the history of that team throughout the years and i, I think i think it's a, a great thing that you did there man i'm really looking forward to it yeah, it should be a lot of well, fun for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, next thing I wanted to touch on real quick was... Yes, uh, yes. You know, we've been talking about the different layers to collecting and different collectors. Yep. And everyone collects different stuff. And I know talking to you in the past, you know, you kind of referenced yourself as a budget collector. You know, you're not yep. someone who chases the the crazy hits, the $500 cards, the $300 cards. But, you know, that doesn't I- mean that you can't have fun with the hobby and that you can't build an incredible collection. I mean, absolutely. There's just, again, there's so much to be found and there's so many layers and so many reasons to love the hobby. And I, I think, you know, we, we had talked before we went on air about that. And uh, I told you that the most I ever spent on one card, and I can tell you what card it was. It was a graded card. It was a 1994 Joe Montana tops card which is very hard to get graded and i picked one up in a, G- a gem in 10 it was about 80 bucks at the time it was about two years ago when i got it that was the most i'd ever spent on one single card in my life um not to say that i would never spend more on a card i i will eventually it's just i collect so much and i um i have i do so much and my my collecting habits are kind of um i don't want to say haphazard um but like I, I, I fly. I'm a fly by the seat of my pants guy. And when I see something, if I like it, I'm gonna buy it. And if it, if if it, um, if it causes me to put something else in the back burner for a while, I'm okay with that. So eventually, I will be picking up, you know, more expensive cards. But it's not like I have to go spend all this, you know, this special or this specific amount of money on a certain card. And um, I don't get too into, you know. I don't bust a t- I, I bust a lot of product. But I don't think I bust a ton of product. I'm not chasing hits. Again, I'll go back to the old school way of the way I collect. Um, I love building sets and how I did it and how you could only do it as a kid, um, especially before the mail order days was you had to buy packs and build the set by hand. And that's just how I love to, to collect. I love to build sets by hand. Um, yes. And I've bought, completed sets before and i have no problem with that but i just love that thrill of opening those cards and just seeing them for the first time and making the checklist writing all the names and numbers down and saying i need you know these 30 cards and then these two cards and it's just that's just to me it's that's what makes it fun i, I that so that's another big part of of what i do so yeah i definitely would say um 
I'm, I'm definitely more toward the budget side of collecting. And I think you can find some amazing cards. Like, for example, at the National, I spent a lot of time at the, you know, quarter and 50 cent boxes. And I found some beautiful cards for my collection. Just beautiful cards I love to have in my collection. And there, there are deals out there. If you look, they're there. So you got these companies that buy tons of product and open them, and they don't even know what they have sometimes. They just throw them in the box, especially at a show, and they're just selling them for, you know, they just want to get rid of them. And you can get some really good stuff for really short money. So you don't have to spend a ton of money to have, like you said, a nice collection. Absolutely not. Yeah, and I think uh, just to touch on your point of breaking wax, I think sometimes breaking wax can get a bad reputation. I think a lot of people – so a lot – the trend in the hobby right now, especially among young people, is the focus on hits. Yes. That's what people are looking for. They'll literally Mm -hmm. rip stuff open and just fly through, and they just look for the relic card that was worn during a photo shoot for six seconds – (laughs) you know with the autograph sticker on it and all that and you know what if you like that that's great that's fine yep um but there's something to be said and it's product to product right you know you have products that come out that are a thousand dollars a box that are five hundred dollars a box that are 150 dollars a box and there's stuff that's 40 and 50 dollars a box way cheaper uh and then you have even blasters and whatever there's a lot of options and you got to know what you're opening Yes. If you're the higher end the product, usually the bigger chance it is. I mean, you you can easily buy $150 box of cards and get $8 worth of stuff. Right. But the stuff that you tend to collect, I'm talking about what I've seen you specifically Tops Heritage and yes. archives, some of that stuff, uh, even basic tops. There's really more value than I think a lot of people realize in breaking it. Obviously, yep. the entertainment the entertainment of getting possibly a big hit in an autograph because you get some sort of hit in most products now. Yeah, yeah. You'll get something. Um, but that's not necessarily what you're chasing. But the rookies you can get, the fact that you could get cards graded, I know you're not super integrating. I mean, you do a little bit, but not a lot. Right. I mean, that's something you have for value. Inserts, I think a lot of people think every insert is worthless, and there's actually far more people who collect or put together insert sets than a lot of people realize. Yes. And then parallels and even the base cards and someone like you build sets, you're getting that enjoyment out of breaking the product, looking at the cards, enjoying the cards, because that's something that can get lost sometimes in this culture of just chasing hits, just to look at the base cards, um, enjoying the look of them, the different, the different pictures, photos, all that stuff. You know, you have the thrill of what you might get that's the valuable item, but you also have the thrill and the entertainment of actually just opening the product and looking at it and enjoying it. And then, like you said, building the set. Yep. Stuff like that. So there's, again, I've talked about layers. There's a lot of layers to breaking products and knowing what you're breaking. I can honestly say and happily say that I've never been, quote unquote, burnt opening. And I've opened a lot of hobby boxes and boxes in my lifetime. It's not like I don't buy that stuff. I do. But I, I can honestly say I've never felt I've been cheated or burnt on anything I've ever opened because I enjoy the entirety of the product. So I'm, I'm, I'm very proud to say that. 
Yeah, and it depends on product to product too. Of course, you have uh-huh. stuff like Archive Signature Series, which mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of. Like that's like a hit or miss product. Um, yes. Oh, absolutely. And, and I absolutely. wouldn't open like cases of it. But if you no, open no. a few boxes here and there, I mean, I've gotten two hundred dollar cards, and sometimes you get a ten dollar card, and it's just comes with unless the territory. Or, or unless you're Eastern Connecticut sports cards, Mike. Uh, Mike, there, you know. <laughs> yeah, you get slammed with the Tony Womack. Tony you know, it's going to happen time to time. And you know, it, you know, if I were to buy something like that, that's what I would expect. I'm going to get somebody that. It's probably not going to be great. And it's so I don't go into stuff with high expectations. If I get something, it's like, wow, that's awesome. If I don't, I still have other stuff I can enjoy. So it's not a big deal. It depends who you do it with. You You can also build memories too. Like, okay, I'm sure Mike would have preferred to hit Derek Jeter there, of course. Yes, yes, yes. But. I mean, we're going to laugh about the Tony Womack thing for years to come. We, so. We're going to say we know where we were. <laughs> we know who was in the room. We know where we were. You know, it was definitely, you know, we we remember where we were at the time. So, yes, no doubt about stuff. it. <laughs> anyway, wanted to get in a little bit on focus, which yes. I, I think you and me probably just from talking to you a little bit. I don't know if either of us have great focus. Oh, I don't have great focus. You might I'll have tell better you right than now. me because I, I literally <laughs> am involved in virtually every aspect of the hobby. And the focus is baseball and football. And over the last five years, I've gone from like 55, 45 baseball to football to like 95, 5, it seems. Like I don't do as much yeah. football at all compared to when I used to. Right. But outside of that, like I... I get cards graded. I buy graded cards. I open product. I collect binders. I collect inserts. I collect autographs. I, I've, I'm not too much into relic cards, and I don't really build sets generally, but um, I kind of do everything, and I know you're kind of into just about everything as well. So, Yeah, I'm a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, you know. Do you have any sort of focus uh, or are you trending in a at least temporary focus right now? Um, let me think about that for one second here. Um, I, I really like I'd really like to try to complete some of my incomplete sets. Um, I, I so I'm trying to focus on some of that, trying to clean up what I call, you know, when I say garbage, I don't mean that in the little sense of garbage. I mean, garbage in the sense that it's stuff I need to take care of, you know? So my, like, I'll be perfectly perfect. I mean, 2015 top set, I'm not, it's not complete. So I'm, I want to knock that out and have it complete, you know? So um, I would say my focus would be that. And I've been talking to myself in, in my mind, especially since the, uh, since the national, um, that I want to try to focus on getting some more vintage. I mean, I have a decent amount of vintage. I wouldn't say I have a crazy amount, but I have a decent amount. I have some nice, you know, sets from the seventies I have have completed. Um, so I'm trying to like put a little more focus into some vintage cards and, and obtaining some vintage pieces for my collection. Definitely. Um, but I got to stop, you know, I got to stop purchasing, uh, blasters every time i go into target I, you know that's the that's the killer you know it's like i see i'm like you know like dory from uh finding nemo oh look at that over there you know and i grab it and i buy it so i was like okay there's 20 bucks i can put towards something 
you know, vintage and I don't. So <laughs> that's just how, how, how the cookie crumbles, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be, discipline can be a tough thing for sure. It's, it's, it's hard. hard. I mean, you go it on eBay hard. and you search like auctions ending soon and you can put in whatever you want. You're going to see so many things going crazy cheap. They're going to be tempted, 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 tempted. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, yep. I just spent like 80 bucks in like 10 seconds. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm kind of into everything. Me too. As of late, though, I've definitely been trying to focus up on adding more rookies, some great at rookies to the collection. Guys I missed out on, uh, certain players that I believe in, kind of trying to take that trying to take that investment type of approach in it not yeah. to say that um that's why i collect but you you want to think about i think there's a challenge yeah. to it a little bit too i've seen so many players that i missed out on and i'm like me I too i should have picked that up a little earlier so i'm like my to, trout i'm trying to on my trout totally I'm, like I'm trying to look at like players that have that chance that superstar yes. chance and trying to kind of get in on it early and not, you don't want to overexpand on that of course Right, but to try and focus in on a few certain players, and then also just trying to add some slabbed rookies, trying to kind of gear towards some potential future Hall of Famers, the guys yep. that are active now. I, I think that's kind of neat as well. So I, I've been trying to focus on that a little bit, but of course I'll always be looking at some of the newest Phillies stuff and some of the new products coming out. It's it's hard to uh, step away from that. So it is, man. It's it's tough. <laughs> I've always been kind of a completist in nature. Like if I collect something, I have to have a, you know, it all, not meaning I have to have every single baseball card that ever was made. But like, if I'm collecting a set, I want to complete that set. You know, I was a big star Wars fan and I collected tons of star Wars stuff as a kid. And even up into my adult life, I, you know, I have a, yeah, a pretty sizable star Wars collection. And I always say I have to complete, I have to get all these figures, you know, to complete this run. And I've retired from that now. I don't collect that stuff anymore. But I just remember back in the day having to have every run, every figure in every run of that series. Because if I didn't, I'd be I'd be stressing out and, and my OCD would kick in and say, oh, it's not complete, so it's nothing. So <laughs> I know exactly, absolutely, you know. Uh, but that that those are uh, that's a retired collection. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> it's all baseball. It's all sports cards now. That's pretty much what I do. Um, I don't spread myself too thin. Yeah, you start getting into you know, stuff outside of this. I mean, this hobby's expand. You know, it's big enough. Oh, and it's so it's, expansive that it's, it's hard. It's to, very expansive. It's hard to do uh, a mm-hmm. bunch of other stuff as well, but it, it's still a lot of fun. And I don't know, it's enjoyable. It's just uh, always, I love it. There's literally always something new to get into. There's always something new coming out. There's always something new that will pique your interest. I think that's one of the uh, great things about social media. And this hobby with Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and all these different areas, even Twitter has some sports collectible sports card stuff. I mean, there's so yes. many things to look at and people to follow and follow their collections that there's certain things that can pique your interest and be like, okay, wow, that's that's something that's cool. I want to look at it. I want to look yes. at this card or that card and you know, it can enhance your collection a little bit and Another thing I'm into besides the pack pulled autographs or I've done TTM through the mail autographs over the years. And I haven't been doing that much of that lately. I just haven't had the time to send stuff out, but that doesn't yeah. mean that I'm not still 
adding some of those types of cards to the collection. I, I'll purchase stuff like that. The PSA DNA stuff is something I think is really cool. I think that's something that's caught on a lot too. A lot of people are getting into yeah. the autographed rookie cards, especially. Yeah, I think that yeah, that's definitely a, a, a portion of our hobby that's growing, and uh, it's it's fun, man. You know, I was never I've never been into autographs. Um, not that it's not, and it has nothing to do with me not liking them. And if I can go back to like you know maybe a couple of minutes ago when you're we talking about focus, maybe I can say that I am kind of focused in a way is that I haven't gotten into that part of the hobby, and I I can pretty much say I'm not going to because it did it like it it just becomes too much for me. So and I'm okay with that. Hey, I can watch your videos, and if I want to see some autograph stuff, I'll watch a Mike O video or I'll watch somebody else's videos. I have some autograph stuff that I've pack pulled. Um, I've gotten a few stuff. Um, personally autographed, which I, I like and I'll, I'll always keep, but it's not it's not a focus of my collection. Um, so I can so I guess I can say there's I do have some focus, and then I'm not completely off the rails. <laughs> we just could be more focused. You have some people that are so crazy focused on like just one specific player or one yeah. specific team. I mean that's cool, but I, just I give them credit that. though. I give them credit. I, I tell you, I give you know um, you know. Carter's kids, I mean, that dude is like very focused, and I give him credit because I just don't have that kind of, I don't have that kind of restraint. And uh, you know, uh, Lingua Sports Cards, Brian, um, I, I'm not sure if you you know his his channel, but he's um, he's got like specific like collecting criteria, and it's just like wow, I just like I'm kind of blown away by that. I'm like impressed by it because I would never ever have that kind of restraint of having specific criteria that I would need to meet in order for a card to be in my collection. If I like it, I'm buying it. If I think it looks cool, I'm buying it. So I, 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 I hold that and I hold that in high respect because I think it's just amazing that some people can have that kind of restraint. I think it's, uh, it's like I said, another, it's another aspect of the hobby where it's something different, but something, something respectable. <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely, I guess it's good things and bad things. It's good because you have that focus and you put all your energy, effort, and money into getting specifically what you want but at the same time there's just too much i like to uh i know i, I can't give up <laughs> i'm with you man i'm I, with you i, I, love I can't, the history I can't the do vinti- it i love the history of the vintage cards but i also love the look of the modern stuff you know i, yep. I, I enjoy it all i just think it's really fun to uh to kind of think to reflect on the past and think about and enjoy the current and kind of consider and think about the future i just think there's there's a lot to do, and I think it'll be interesting to kind of see where the hobby continues to evolve and go to. You know, there's too. always ups and downs. I feel like we're in a little bit of a boom right now. There's a yep. lot of interest. I see more and more interest in it. The retail market, I think, is doing really good with yes. Targets and Walmarts. I, I think that is up uh, in the last few years. And I just I've noticed a lot of people that I know that know that I'm into sports cards, but they aren't really into it or they haven't been into it at least right. in a while they've maybe been on a really extended break and now they've shown more interest in it they've gotten into it they've asked me questions maybe some of them are collecting with kids now and so i i just see an uptick in interest in the card market so it'll be interesting to see see what goes i know uh Obviously, vintage stuff is just continuing to fly <clears throat> up. But it'll be interesting if where that is in like fifty years. I mean, I don't know. Right. We'll be around to see that, but it'll be. Uh, it's interesting to think about. Like, obviously, Mickey Mantle right now 
is incredibly popular. And I think yeah. a reason he's very popular is because he was an icon of his time. And a lot of people's parents grew up watching him and enjoying him and following his career, I should say. Maybe yep. listening on the radio. And they've kind of passed that along. Like, who will be the Mickey Mantle, you know, in 30 years? Like, I always think about that. I always think about that. Like, I, it's, yeah, I know. Because you think of pre-war <laughs> cards, like, nobody, I don't want to say nobody, that sounds extreme, but most people don't care about pre-war players for the most part. Right. They right, have right. a lot of value because they're extremely rare and difficult to find. Right. Because they're so old, they're, they're antiques. But, like, the specific players, like, they don't really get a lot of respect from your general sports fans, it's really right. a generational thing. So absolutely, it's just kind of interesting to think about. Like, you know, you, I'm so used to like growing up with Ken Griffey Jr., and then it like boggles my mind when there's people who never got to see him play at all. And I know, not even it, at the it, tail like, end, like I know, and it makes you feel really old. <laughs> so I, I think that's just something to fast, kind of fascinating to think about for the future and where it goes. And I don't know. It's interesting. It's just a great hobby. It's again, the hobby itself to me, there's, there's obviously layers that I was harping on before about the hobby, but there's layers to kind of sports. You watch oh, yeah. sports, you experience sports, you either go to games or you watch them on television. You watch them with other people, friends, family, you grow up with it. Yep. So there's nostalgia sports alone. And then you add in the collectibles and the cards. So like the cards are connected to the sport. I always find it bizarre when I meet people who really don't actually watch the sports and they collect right. the cards. And I'm Me like, too. you collect <laughs> basketball cards, but you don't actually watch games. Like why? That That's, that's weird to me. Yeah, it is kind of strange. It's like, are you, you know, then are you, what What are you collecting for? Are you just collecting for, you know, yeah, absolutely. It's like, I think so, there are definitely people you know, who collect just with the dollar signs. Just for the dollar signs. The investors, which, yeah, absolutely. Which is fine. Yep, yep, but, yep. It's you know, part I of think, the hobby, absolutely. And then, like, there's been some articles I've read about, you know, vintage cards and cards and the crazy prices a lot of stuff's going for. And I guess there's a lot of people who are now investing in cards and they're treating it. Almost like a like, portfolio like they're a putting portfolio. in their portfolio yeah yeah but then you kind of read about stuff and you know there's so many people that are so attached to the sport itself along with the cards and the nostalgic factors that when a recession when something like that does hit it's like the last thing people want to get rid of they exactly. rather sell their house than their collection <laughs> I think I'll sell my kids before my collection. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's a fascinating hobby. I don't even know if I'm making a point. I think I'm just yeah, it's speaking all right, about things right off kind of my mind, just things that are going through the head. I think that's a, that's a good, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. You know, I think people like to, you know, people like to hear honesty and sometimes the candid stuff is, um, is, is, is well received because it's coming from the heart. Cause sometimes you, we, the candid stuff is just, you're not thinking about it. It's just coming from your, your feelings. So I think, you know, I, I like that. So I think, it's but good. I think, I just think <laughs> it's fun to think about the hobby in different ways. Sometimes you got to yeah. take a step back and think about it. Cause I know I have a friend of mine who, um, he, he's collected a little bit when he's kid, never like super serious, like would buy some packs, open them, put them in right. a sheet, look at them once in a while. Didn't really like follow like products coming out and stuff like that. And then he was getting into them a little bit a couple years ago. Um, yep. And then his daughter was born. And then like, I remember a comment from his wife, like 
saying something like, why would you want those? You're not a little kid. And I remember just thinking, man, you just do not get it. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people out there. I'm like, first of all, leave the guy alone. Let him do what he wants. But it's like the light. Like, I think he wanted to start yeah, just a little bit, opening some packs here and there, enjoying them. And then I think he had the hope of getting his daughter into it at least a little bit kind of get her to maybe collect some Red Sox cards. He's a Red Sox fan, so maybe you wouldn't be best friends with him, but he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Uh, but, I, but I think the thing is, though, you do have some people who just think uh, like baseball cards, and they associate it with little kids. And yeah, there's a lot of, of people who don't realize like the actual extreme value of certain cards. Like there's You and me are nickel and diamond stuff compared to some of these, uh, these 5,000, you know, Oh yeah, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollar card, like insane value. Oh yeah, it goes beyond <laughs> that as well. Absolutely, but you know, it, it's it's big business. There's there's a lot of money wrapped up in the hobby itself. But you know, I, I think some people sometimes get themselves intimidated by some of that crazy stuff, and it's like, right? That was kind of one of the things I wanted to talk about with you. Is like scale back. You, like you don't, you can collect and enjoy this hobby, and you don't have to worry about. Oh yes, you can the, absolutely. Yeah. You know, a uh, two million dollar Mickey Mantle card. Like, right. to be realistic. You know, you can't afford it, but you I can mean, enjoy the you can enjoy the hell out of this hobby for sure. I, I mean, just look what tops. You know, tops. You know, you can just go to tops. They put out the opening day. You know, the opening day stuff. That's very obtainable for a kid who who wants to get into it. This year, the um, tops big league, very obtainable. Very accessible to younger collectors, so I think you know that's a great way to get kids into the the hobby. You know, it's it's tough. I don't, you know, I don't know if we'll ever see it back like it was in the fifties and the sixties with kids going to the store and buying packs with their pocket change. That's obviously not going to happen again. But you know, I I think it's great that companies are recognizing that they do have to somehow kind of target some stuff for the kids. It can't be all just high end stuff. Because um, when we are gone, who ha- the, the the hobby has to keep moving. If it's going to stay viable, it has to keep moving. And who's going to move it along? But the younger generation. So um, they're like, yeah, there's stuff there for everybody. And I think the stuff looks great. So <laughs> big league looked great this year. I think they did a really really fine job with that. Yeah, and it's good checklist you know? too. It's loaded. Yeah, with Otani and I believe Acuna is in there, and Glaber Torres. So you have yep. guys like that, and that could be a kid's first Ronald Acuna. And, exactly. You know who knows what the kid's future is right now? He looks like all world, but yep. we'll see. Maybe twenty five years from now, there's a kid who got started in this hobby because he got a Ronald Acuna rookie that out of an affordable pack. Yep. And of course, you know these products are cheap. So they're geared towards kids and families, I think. And it's just starting point, you know, as people get into the hobby, if they continue with it, they're going to naturally evolve and get into more stuff. They might gear towards vintage or they might gear towards more expensive or uh, more premium products. It it all just kind of depends. So they're the gateway drugs of baseball cards, (laughs) you know, uh, but Mike, it's been a it's been a great time chatting with you. We've been going for forty five minutes. Just wow. want to uh, time flies. Want to get any final thoughts you have on the uh, the state of the hobby for either yourself or just the what you see with the kind of the state of the hobby right now. And if you have any advice to collectors out there, feel free to share it now. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the hobby is in a great place. Um, 
you know, I was really, uh, you know, lucky this year to get to the, to the national and seeing the uh, turnout at the national, I was, I was very impressed by that in terms of like, this, for years we heard that the, the hobby is dying. It's going to go away. It's going to disappear. It's dead. And from what I saw this year at the national, I do not think the hobby is dead. I think it's, it, it's doing very well. And, uh, the, the more we can get the younger people into it, um, the more we can keep it fun. I think that's, you know, a big, big part of it. Um, the fun of it, the, um, the camaraderie of it, uh, you know, with, especially now with the, um, the advent of, you know, YouTube and the videos and the communities on there and on Facebook. I just think that sport car collecting is, is, uh, is alive and well. And I just want to, you know, just tell everybody, just, you know, buy what you like, like what you buy, and have fun doing it, man. Because that's what it's all about, is having fun and, and, and talking about it with other people. You know, I, I, this, this is great, Meg. This is, this is a great uh, thing that you do. This, I had a great time talking about this. And, uh, you know, uh, I hope you keep doing these uh, forever and ever, man. Hopefully more and more often. Yeah, that's I, all right. <laughs> something you uh, mentioned was you know, the community aspect and talking about it. And I, something you hear oftentimes about people who take a break from the hobby is, you know what? My friends kind of got older. They stopped collecting. I didn't have anyone to share it with. That's not an excuse anymore because you have people all over the world. You can chat and communicate immediately with people all across the country and honestly all across the world that also collect. So you have other people who are collecting and, this hobby is fun to be involved in. It's, it is. It's even more fun if you have someone to share it with. So you have a whole world out there. And in this current times we live in with social media, there's no reason not to get involved and to enjoy the hobby and share it with other people. Cause there's great communities of collectors out there. And I know there these is. online communities are a very small portion of those out there who collect, but might as well continue to build the communities because I think it's something that is really, I think it's really good for others. I think when people get involved in it, I think it enhances their enjoyment of the hobby. And then you can just kind of go on and either get advice or get inspiration from others, or at the very least, just make friends and acquaintances that enjoy this hobby as well. So you have someone else to kind of go, Hey man, did you see this card? You know, you have someone to talk to about it. There's not, there's nothing better than that, you know. There really isn't. You get all jazz, you know. And it, there's definitely nothing better than that. All right, Mike. It was a blast chatting with you. I appreciate you taking some time out of your evening to uh, to take part in this podcast, Hobby Talk with Mike O. This is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and of course YouTube as well. You can check out Mike's YouTube channel, Hitman Twenty Three. I'll post a link down below in the YouTube portion of this. If you guys are listening somewhere else, you can shoot over to YouTube, type in Hitman23, check out his channel, follow his collection. Have yourselves a great one. Talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.